Hi, everyone. I am Sarah Wright Olson. And I'm Teresa Palmer. And you are listening to The Mother Days. Do you know how much cash back you're leaving on the table settling for the wrong credit card? Imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. Think of all that cash back on those overpriced kombuchas. NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today that future you will thank you for. With NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cashback credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So what could future you do with more cashback? Uh, splurge on some fancy champagne with the gals or order fine dining to the house and watch a good true crime doco. Whatever it is, make it happen with a smarter cashback credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We're going to dip our toes into Teresa's birthing pool, and we are into my vagina. <laughs> into Teresa's vagina. And we're going to listen to part two of our first birth stories because although we were going to try to cramp, and this is why I was like so hyped up on coffee and trying to talk really fast in our first birth story podcast, <laughs> it's because I thought we were trying to do both birth stories in the first one, um, but that didn't work, and I had to... We had to pivot. So we pivoted. This is part two. Look, First, we're, we're new at this, guys. Yeah, we're new at this. We don't realize how long we talk or how long, you know, birth stories take, uh, although we should. We ramble. But you know what? Birth stories, they're long. They're you're long. trying to like truncate, what, two days? I know. And into one hour? And what do you, and it's, yeah. and when you're listening to a birth story, you're like, give me, I want to hear all the juice. Like, I want to know. All Same. the things. Summer, summer. I want to hear what's going on, you know? I read these birth stories. Oh, my God. Spiritual memory, uh, you guys get on If you it. haven't read this book. My favorite is when it's like that how, how they get hot and heavy with their partners in front of the midwives. Like they really just start going for it. Like rubbing clits, <laughs> stroking willies, <laughs> kissing, all the th- I was like, oh I could never... Mm. Get I don't even, I don't even want my husband's mouth near my mouth. Oh. I'm like no coffee breath, get away from me. Like <laughs> I, the fact that people can just start getting that like, hot and heavy with their men or partners or whoever 
in the room as they're birthing. Yeah, it makes me laugh because they talk about how, like, there's a lot of like, oh, it's so far out, and we were like making out, and um, you know, they talk about this psychedelic yeah, feeling yeah. and like all this stuff, and it, and I love reading them because they're so funny Same. and also like I'm putting myself there in those moments. But I'm like, were they doing drugs? <laughs> were they smoking weed? <laughs> yeah. Were they? We don't know. Oh, we we my really goodness. don't know. It sounds it, very dry. I mean, the though, whole thing. It? it made me really excited. I know. But that's I the know. birth I envisioned. I was like, I'm just going to be here with my hippie long hair. <laughs> I'm going to be in the water. I'm going to just be thinking about like the sun and the moon and the galaxy and I'll be so connected to the universe. Well, the very big difference though is that didn't you say that you like wax you like waxed or shaved all all your shaved, uh, lady bit. Yeah, you shaved. Okay, you shaved your shaved puss. puss. <laughs> yes. You um you you got rid of the hair on the lower regions. Um and is that your Australian accent? No, no, it's no. Pretty bad. No, no, no. That wasn't it. That wasn't it. That was me just kind of like <laughs> I was like sliding into a little bit of British. Yeah. Oh, watch out. Aww. I mean, I could pull out some. Let's see. Let's uh oh oh uh you want me to talk like from uh I'm from Minnesota because I got a lot of relatives up there. Oh, that's quite good actually. This is my Irish accent. This is how bad my Irish is. Sounds, sounds a bit Scottish, no? Is this Irish or is this Scottish? Everyone laughs at my accents. They're really bad. Should we do this entire episode in an accent? In like a different accent than our own? I know. I think we should. What accent should we go with? Maybe I'll be American. Oh, my God. But sometimes when I talk American, I go really sort of like lower and sexier. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's just you sound like one of those ladies from the um call my number 900 423 grope me 900 and I will stroke that willy. <laughs> yes, I will. I, although they probably wouldn't use the word willy. <laughs> I was just going to say the American is definitely not going to use the word willy cuz it just sounds so <laughs> Is that Australian? I think it's like, it's a penis, you know? It's a penis or and it's a vagina. Well, they do say that when you speak about uh, those parts to your children, you should use the yeah. correct terminology. You should be like, mm -hmm. that is your vagina. That's right. That is your penis. But I'm always like, you're funny. <laughs> you're willy. Don't hey guys, give it a nickname. Like, uh, why? Don't you dare give it that? a nickname. But it, I mean, that's like what you call it in a different country. I think you get a pass. Um... Yeah, so Teresa, with her long hippie hair and her dreams of having of this like psychedelic uh, birth from the 1970s, Connected she's envisioning nature. herself standing in a pond naked with her hair covering her boobies and like the sun's coming through the trees and there's yeah. zero mosquitoes. And she is... I'm like plaiting my yeah, she's like pla hair. she's like bra braiding it all. Right. And um, but the only difference here <laughs> is we're not in the woods and we're not in a lake. We're in her house, and she um, has skinned her cat, <laughs> as we will say. But you can't see your vagina, so that's no, the thing. No, you can't because you have that big belly. So it's like I had a mirror out. <laughs> oh, it's very easy to uh, cut yourself down there too, because there's all like the grooves and the different shapes, and you have to sort of like things out and just sort of move them so they're a little bit you were doing that blind I do miss a spot and Mark <laughs> helped me out there 
So there you go, guys. Wow, that is love. That is love. I don't know why I felt like I wanted to be bare down there. I just did. Well, I didn't, but I went to get a wax beforehand, and I got to chatting with the lady about it all, and she um, did a a few pulls on the old, old, uh, you know, waxing paper, and then she- Tiny flaps? Yep, and then she um, said to me, because I can't see anything down there, and she was like, um, so you wanted it all gone, right? And I was like, what? No, I'm having a home birth. I'm a hippie. Like, I, it can't all be gone. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. Now I feel really exposed. Like, the, like the hair kind of covers up a little bit of some things. And you're like, it feels a little bit more, I don't know. Like, there is something kind of free love about <laughs> about it and I was like I imagined myself just being a little I love a big bush I know me too and I imagined myself in that moment you know back in that time just being a little just a little just a little trip just a little cleaned up around the edges right and it was gone <laughs> yeah I just wanted a trim a little, <laughs> a little trim trim. Wimmy. it felt it did not it didn't feel like a trim so I I definitely had big eyeballs when the pool happened and, and she was like you wanted it all gone right and I was like well now you got to make it all gone because you've done one side I can't have one side of a bush and the other side be a skin cat you could start a new look well I couldn't even see it so I wouldn't know what that look looked like um but we should get into Part two of the birthing stories. This is uh, Teresa's first birth with Bodie Rain Palmer. That's correct. I cannot wait to hear all about this because I got a front row seat at this birth. Yes, you. Yes, you (laughs) did. Up close and very personal. I gave birth uh, in 2014 to my first child, Bodie Rain Palmer. I was 38 weeks pregnant. Uh, plus 38 plus six when he was born, which was actually quite surprising because I came a week late and oftentimes they tell you, oh, when did you Mm -hmm. come? When did your mum give birth to you? And, um, and you hear that first time births often run over. So I was not expecting to give birth then. Um, I have been wanting to be a mum my entire life. I've read all the baby books at this point. I, I started reading baby books probably at age 15. Um, so I, I, maybe I've read 20, 30 by the point um, that I'm at when we begin this story. So I had an idea of what I wanted the birth to look like. Um, I had done the same as Sarah. I had read all the Ina May Gaskin books in all the land, and there are a number of them. I felt very over-prepared almost. Um, as Sarah will tell you, in my home birth, I think around 36 weeks, I had these big boards that I had designed and stuck up in my bedroom. And one of them was positions that will be helpful to Teresa. And it's like swaying on the birth ball, um, figure of eights on the knees, uh, rebozo, um, one foot up, one foot down, like just a whole list of things. And I was expecting that Mark in the moment would be like, oh, wait, let me go check that poster board that my (laughs) wife put up to see which one of these we haven't tried, which, of course, he never referred to it. I don't think once during my labor. Um, 
But the intention was there. I was like, I'm just going to make it real easy for you. I'm just going to stick it up here. You can refer to it when you need. Um, And then the other one was affirmation. So it was like, you are birthing with thousands of other women at the same time. Um, Your body and baby are one. You are meant to do this. You are born for this. You know, all these beautiful affirmations, which I do use um, in labor. And I have used in my subsequent births. But anyway, overprepared, 38 plus 6. I'm having a little shebang with my husband in bed. Um, you know, just just a, a light shebang. Uh, my midwife at the time said that that helps. Uh, I mean, the semen, there's something in the semen that helps ripen the cervix. These are things we were told. So she was like, have a bunch of sex walk a bunch, you know, do your squats. I was doing evening primrose oil uh, capsules that I'd put up there from 36 weeks. I was drinking my red raspberry leaf tea, doing all the things. And then we shebanged. And uh, my husband was like, whoa, baby. Wow, that's really, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of fluid down there. And he was like, fantastic. Like he thought he was really going for it. And he was like really making me excited. And I was like, that I've peed myself. That is not what you think that is. I've I've peed. I have peed. And um he was like, Are you sure? And it just kept coming. And I and I stood up and it was still coming out. And then we realized, like, oh my gosh, that that's my water. My water broke. And Mark's like, My penis popped your water. <laughs> By the way, freaking out. Not possible. I was like, oh my god, it's not I possible. popped it. Not possible. He thought somehow his penis had gone all the way through the cervix, <laughs> popped open the bag of waters, and hit his babies on the head with his dick. So he was mortified and was I feel like, like so oh many god. men do it, believe it's that, funny that they're gonna they hit think the baby's that. head. That if you have sex, you're gonna hit but, like that's their not head. that's not it's where not possible. That's not where it all is. Like you gotta look. The baby at, is. Show them a diagram. Well, unless you're in transition. Who's having sex in transition? Right. And most of the time, most of the time, the water has broken at that point, right? Most of the time. Yeah. A lot of the time. Not always. But still, anyway, he was mortified. Oh I was God. mortified. But I was also really excited. And suddenly I was like, oh, it's going to happen. Like I was like, oh, the baby will be here in just a couple of hours. It was about 11.30 p.m. And I texted my midwife all excited, like, oh, my gosh, guess what? we were having sex and this is what happened. Um, And she was like, please just get some sleep, come back in the morning and I'll check to see if it's urine or if you actually did break your water. I was like, oh my God, hilarious. She thought I peed myself. Like, obviously that's not what it was. That is a very random thing to say. Yeah, it was quite random. I was like, oh, like why would I pee myself? (laughs) Okay, so after this happened, my feeling was I'm about to have a baby I should sleep. I need to sleep. And Mark's like, right, uh, you need to go have a banana. Eat a banana. You need all the energy in the world. This is going to be an intense day. Let's go to sleep. Let's get some rest. So because the water had gone everywhere in my bed, uh, we decided to walk upstairs and sleep in the guest bedroom. And by sleep, I mean sitting up in bed giddy with excitement reading all my spiritual midwifery again waking my husband up who was trying to get some sleep and I should have let him sleep but I was just so excited and I wanted to share these feelings with someone um and I I was so hyper aware of my body so any little twinge anything I was like oh it's starting it's starting um and then 
I didn't get any sleep at all, like not even a minute of sleep. So I just decided to get up around, get up and out of bed, probably around three or four. And I'm having nothing, no cramping, no anything. Hop into the bath, which technically I don't think I was supposed to do. No. Um, because after your water <laughs> breaks, you're not really supposed to be in a situation where there could be any infection getting up there to where the baby is. So you're not meant to have sex and you're not really supposed to be having a bath. But I got in the bath anyway, um, my calming place. Because you probably didn't know that or remember that, right? No, not at all. I don't remember that. I mean, I certainly know that now. Yeah. Um, but at the time I was like, oh, I just need to relax. I really have got to get some rest. Obviously, I'm having this baby today. Um, none of that worked. So by the time Mark got up, we headed over to my midwife my midwife's office and she checked and she was like, oh, you're right. Actually, that was your water. Um, and now we are just going to wait. We are going to wait because your contractions will need to begin uh, relatively soon because once your water breaks, you're basically running up against the clock. So you have a certain amount of time to be in active labor and every midwife is a bit different. Our midwife was quite conservative. Um, and it's one of the reasons why we went with her because I liked that she would transfer if something felt uh -huh. unsafe. And I really did like that um, she said, you've got 24 hours and that's it. And I've since then, my water has broken and I have had 36 hours. Some people will stretch it to two yeah. days. But she said 24 hours and if you're not in active labor, uh, we're going to have to go to the hospital and you won't be able to have a home birth because I had decided to have a home birth. Um, and I still kept up with my home birth choice, even though I had seen Sarah have her amazing home birth. <laughs> and it was very, such an intense experience for me to watch as a newly pregnant yeah. woman. Um, and I think the two months after watching Sarah give birth, I was like, I can't do this. I'm going to be knocked out for my birth. But I still stuck with the plan to have a home birth. All right. As you guys know, we are we are busy mums. We are dog mums, business mums, performance mums, school board mums. Life gets hectic. That's why we rely on our tried and tested go-tos to alleviate some of the chaos. NerdWallet helps you by maximizing your everyday spending, whether it's groceries for the week, drinks with friends, or a nice family meal. Do you know how much cash back you're leaving on the table settling for the wrong credit card? Imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. I mean, come on, guys. Think of all the cash back that you're going to get on those kombuchas, on those frozen pizzas. NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today that future you will thank you for. With NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cashback credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So what could future you do with more cashback? Uh, a silent meditation retreat in Peru, a sweat lodge in India, whatever it is, make it happen with a smarter cashback credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all credit cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. 
All right, guys, we are a couple of tired mamas and all we do is crave a spa day and we deserve it. We always end up putting ourselves down the very bottom of our to-do list. We jump from one activity to the next and we're always meeting the needs of everyone else around us. I think it is time for a little self-pampering. This Mother's Day, make every day a spa day for all the moms in your life with Osea's Mega Moisture Duo. It's a value pack of two luxurious body care moisturizers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion, both featuring Osea's signature, uplifting, all-natural citrusy scent. I think the greatest and most thoughtful gifts are the gifts that you actually like love yourself, something that you use on yourself. And I love using the Mega Moisture Duo. It makes my skin so glowy. It's like super hydrating, firming, smells amazing. When I give my kids a hug after a bath, they're like, you smell so good. (laughs) It is my absolute favorite gift and such a great gift for Mother's Day. Yes. Folding in self-care is a moment to practice mindfulness, it's self-love, it's compassion. And we all know if you run your battery flat, it's harder to recharge. A consistent body care routine promotes healthy, glowing skin and also supports your mental health. Treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOTHERDAYS at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOTHERDAYS for 10% off. Um. So I get to uh, my midwife's office. She says, yep, go back home, relax, but also walk, do some hiking uh, and, and start to really try and get these contractions to start. So we got home. I did all the things. I walked up and down the stairs. I walked to the Hollywood sign up, which is a very significant, challenging hike from my old house where I was. Uh, and nothing was happening. I was not feeling cramps. I was not feeling anything. And I started getting worried that my dreams of having a home birth were falling away. And I, um, rang her probably about 2 PM and said, I know that I've only got about seven hours up my sleeve to try and get this going. Like, please help me. What, like, what else can I do? So she suggested um, having acupuncture. So she sent someone to come over to the house and to do acupuncture. So we were lying down in the bed. She started doing um, labor induction, labor induction acupuncture on me. And immediately I started cramping, which is really exciting. And she was turning up um, her, so basically they they put the, the needles in and then they, attach this little machine, uh, like electrodes. I'm not exactly sure what the official terminology is, um, where they would, she'd send a little bit of electricity into the acupuncture needles and she was stimulating these needles and it really worked. So I started feeling cramping and I was like, all right, this is happening. It's starting to happen now. And it was coming, these cramps, they felt like, uh, 
diarrhea <laughs> cramps. You know, that like, pretty intense yeah, that's, diarrhea that's, cramps. That's, that's like, kind of oh, what I was okay. talking about before I, is like they're they're like warm, right? Like it feels like pre- like warm pressure or something. Like it's, Totally. And I was like, I need to poo. I need to poo. And she was like, you probably don't need to poo. This is yeah. just what it's going to feel like. So I was like, oh, okay. Now I know what a contraction feels like. Um, she stayed with me for about an hour and then my midwife arrived and I told her, oh yeah, something's happening. That's, that's triggered something. My body's having a reaction to it. Another hour goes by, nothing again, nothing. It all sort of falls away again. (laughs) I'm back to feeling. Is this the part where I show up? Nope. No, this is, hasn't even begun yet. No, because (laughs) this is still the day before you arrive. And not, not that this is about me at all. At all, at all, at all. No. But I was, I do remember being there when the acupuncturist was trying to get things going for you. No, that was later on. She came back. Oh my gosh, that's insane. So she leaves. I'm sitting around. Uh. Nothing is happening whatsoever. And my midwife says, all right, we're getting castor oil. This is what we're doing. And I'd heard about castor oil and I think kind of back in the day it was used more frequently I think the general consensus now is that castor oil can affect baby it can stress the Mm. baby out because it really brings on contractions quite strongly there are lots of different schools of thought you know I don't advocate for one or the other but in that moment all I had was the advice of my midwife so I absolutely lent into what she suggested she said, look, we're going to have orange juice, castor oil. You're going to go to the bathroom. You're going to have explosive diarrhea. You're going to be in there for about an hour and a half, and then you're going to be in labor. So I was like, all right, I will try anything. I do not want to go to the hospital. I do not yeah. want to have an induction. Um, so let's do this. We got on uh, the toilet, had my thing, and she had me drink it on the toilet because that was how rapid oh, everything wait, started happening. I was like, I drank it. Within five minutes, I was like, like, like unlike anything I've ever experienced. That is why I didn't poo in my first birth. You know, I didn't poo in my first birth. Oh my god! Because it all came out beforehand. Yeah, and I was in there for about an hour and a half, just like dealing with most insane cramping. I felt sick. It was really unpleasant. But all of a sudden, the contractions started. And that's what uh, kicked me into labor. So things started ramping up. By this time, it was about 7 p.m. And I had texted Sarah and I was like, okay, I think it's going to happen. Do you remember what time you came? Was it at nighttime when you arrived? No. The first time I showed up, was it nighttime? Because I came back and forth a few times. Um, Oh, you know what? I think it was nighttime the first time I came (laughs) yes so it probably was around this time yeah and I had my best friend over like Annabelle was over and her husband and Mark and oh I didn't I didn't see them you didn't see them okay so they came they came around like 7 p.m and and Mark and my um my bestie's uh ex-husband now uh they were putting together the birth pool so Mark who is the least handy person in (laughs) all the land um was like I don't know like what do I how do I attach the thing to the I don't get it he just didn't so luckily like Annabelle's husband was there and like went and got 
went to Bunnings. Oh, it's not Bunnings. That's Bunnings in Australia. What's it called here? Mitre 10? No, that's Are you talking about like Australia. a Home Depot? Uh, Home okay, Depot. Okay. <laughs> that's it. Home Depot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so went to Home Depot, picked up the attachment. They got, they started running mm-hmm. the water. Um, and then I think Sarah came maybe closer to 10 p.m., 11 p.m., and there was a real consistency yeah. to them. So I, it was, I would say, five minutes between each contraction. I was doing all the Ina Mae Gaskin spiritual midwifery things. I was rocking and singing and moving and being all sensual, <laughs> just doing all the things. Um, and now I look back, I'm like, you're like, oh. <laughs> I was just like in this like dancing zone. I'm like, oh, this is heaven and woo. And then uh, I think Davy arrived around maybe midnight and uh, they were really starting to intensify. But then something shifted and I was like, oh, woof, this is, ow, this is really starting to give oh, me no. so much pain oh, in my right. back. Why is my yes. back hurting so much? And so I was loving the contractions when it was, it would like wrap around the front yeah. of my tummy and I could move and mm-hmm. I was vocalizing and I was using these low vocals and kind of humming and dancing my way through it. But the moment my back started taking the majority of the intense feeling, I felt Ugh. physically sick. It, it was so intense in my back. And I had read about back labor, but I didn't think it was going to happen to me, whatever, (laughs) naivety, first birth. Um, And then that's when I really had to rely on Sarah was there. She was taking photos and Mark and they would take turns pressing into my back. Um, So I, I needed counter pressure. I could not get through any contractions without someone putting all of their weight into the small of my back. Um, so that was, is that, am I hearing a child? I can hear it. It's not mine. I thought no, it was I don't have any kids Hang in the house. Hello? Is that yours? Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Interruption oh my by gosh. child. That is really funny. <laughs> Look, if we get interrupted uh, by a child, it's because we have many children and my husband has decided to go out and leave my mum with my two little girls and my mum is the softest person yeah. in all the land. So if the girls are like, no, I want mummy, they come and find mum. So that is what's happened. So I was like, mum, I'm recording my podcast. Is she was like, is it okay? Well, I, I told her not to go down there. I was like, uh, what? But anyway, so now oh. I have my oh, darling yes, heart with me, but she's going to be quiet oh as a little God. mouse. Let's see it. how this goes. Okay, so where was I? Oh, you're, my you're back. back. Yes. My back. Oh, I had really, oh. really rough, mm-hmm. rough back labor. Um, and it went from being a pleasant, exciting experience where I felt like I was handling everything really well and I was going down my list of affirmations and all the different positions I had been rocking on a birth ball and I was squatting and doing the stairs and it went from being in that place to how am I ever going to get out of this this is the worst thing I've ever been through I could not 
find a way to get rid of the back pain. And there's all these photos of me and I've just, I have my head buried in a pillow and I'm lying on the bed and my midwife kept saying, stay on the bed. She kept having me in a position where when a woman is fatigued, they often say, Mm -hmm. get back on the bed and let the bed hold you and uh, be in a side-lying position as well with the leg over to the right. Um, And sometimes it releases the pressure on the back. So she had me in that position and I just hated, I hated not being able to move my body, but it also was one of the only things that would help me get rid of this feeling in my back. And I just... It, I felt miserable. I was just like miserable at this point. And the the counter pressure was amazing though. So I just said, please just keep pushing on my back and we'll get through it. Ultimately, my midwife said, do you want me to check you? Because she could tell that I, I think I just became really disheartened. I thought there is no way I can get through this. And like have this pain in my back be so yeah. consistent how I don't even have the option uh, to have drugs. I'm at, at home. I don't even like that door yeah, is closed yeah. for me. So I had to, it was such a mental battle to stay positive and to be present and just a welcome every wave that came over me. At that point, I was like, oh, I want to be sick. Well, it's a totally different thing, right? Like it's a completely different uh, experience. And you have you know that now because you've had different experiences, but like having back pain, absolutely, in, uh, having that, what is it called? Like back labor, having back labor. Um, it's, uh, it's a completely different feeling than having completely different. It was like the contractions were just in the bone in yeah. the bottom of my back like it, it was it just felt like uh, yeah. my back was breaking yeah. it felt like someone had, there was just like a massive rock smashing down on my back throughout oh. every contraction and um because I my water had broken I didn't get that sweet relief of oh I can labor in the water because there's a higher risk of infection if you if you get into the water once your water's broken and you're not in active labor. So my midwife kept saying, <laughs> what, <Helen? laughs> what was that? <laughs> you have to let mummy tell her story. Okay. All right. Um, so because my water had broken, I wasn't able to get in the tub. I had my blow up pool just sitting there waiting to be used, beckoning me, and I wasn't allowed in. And my midwife said I couldn't get in there until I was at least seven centimeters dilated. So she checked me. I agreed to be checked. At first I had said in my birth plan that I didn't want to be checked. Um, But then I said, you know what, just check me. I want to know. I think any sort of information at this point is going to be helpful. And she said, ah, you are. You're right at seven. All right, if you want to get in the pool – uh, you can. And I think right before this, Sarah has suggested that I get in the shower because the back was feeling so intense in that lying down position. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to go in the shower. And uh, I put the exercise ball in the shower and that felt orgasmic for me. I went from like, and she let everyone know. <laughs> yes, <I did. laughs> it was 
hysterical. I I have to just interject really quick because she was so amazing and watching her through this process. I know it was so frustrating because she um, really wanted and was like trying to manifest big contractions like she wanted it all to be happening and she was really trying to make it happen in her body and so she was even like going through the motions of it even though it wasn't as big as she wanted it to be and even and then the back labor was so intense but it still wasn't like bringing on the the most massive you weren't there yet at the point where it felt like so much she was still very present she still had her poster board on the wall that she would go and check to like see okay what's next what can i try now should i do this (laughs) she was still so in control of everything yeah i was i hadn't i hadn't got to that place yet where i had just disappeared into my own world i was still like very how far along am I how much longer do I need some more water should I go to the toilet I feel that you know I was still trying to micromanage every step of the way and I think that was doing me a disservice hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price Priceline This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. But so once I got into the water, um, I got into that shower, I'm on that birth ball, the pressure is off and I could feel like just the hot, I cranked it up. It was so hot. It was like burning the bottom of my back, but it felt unbelievable. I was like, I'm so liberated. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm free. And I kept saying to Sarah, can I stay here? Can I s- just stay here for hours? Sarah's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm, like if if you, yeah, I'm the sure, one in charge and you can stay there. <laughs> I was like, please just let me stay here because it just felt so good. Can I ask a question really quick? Because um, I do remember taking pictures of you in the birthing pool, but I do know that your um, water had broken so early on. Like, how was that? allowed how are you allowed to be in a birthing tub so you are allowed to be in a birthing tub once you're in active labor and your water has broken uh everything's sort of i guess the idea of it is it's all coming out and down so the risk of infection at that point is lower but there is a risk of infection if you're not in that really active consistent Uh, labor so she finally once i got to seven and i had been on the ball, in the shower, and that was feeling really good. She was like, all right, I think for you to progress this labor forward, we need to keep switching up positions. We need to keep trying different things. And even though I was feeling (laughs) orgasmic in the shower, like, oh, you were were so happy. Like it was just such, 
sweet relief and I had all these endorphins going. She was like, right, out. You need to get, let's try the pool. We're going to go in the birth pool. So Mark and I both hopped in the birth pool and it, I actually think it ultimately ended up slowing my contractions back down again. Um, so I was, I was in there for not very long. I was probably only in there for 30 minutes. And then my midwife's like, out you get, we're going to check you again. And she kept putting me back in that same oh, position hate. that I yeah. despised mm-hmm. on the bed, the side lying. And I know it was for so many reasons. They whipped out the rebozo. So my midwife and my doula, they were doing the rebozo on my belly. And um, at this point it was well into the next, like it was like maybe 4 p.m., maybe 4 p.m., um, and so it had been, I had, my waters had broken at 11.30, like two nights before. And I hadn't slept since 11.30 PM, like two nights earlier. Cause I was too excited that first night. Then I didn't get into labor until like right. later the following night. So then I labored all through on the bed and in the pool and in the shower, all through the early hours of the morning. And I'm now like creeping into the the afternoon of that next day. So I am so fatigued. I have never felt so rough Mm. in my life. And I just was desperate for sleep. And I remember the same thing happened to me that um, happened to you, Sarah, which was um, you were finding these little micro sleeps in between contractions. So that started happening to me as well. I moved from the birth tub. I went into uh, just my bath, a smaller area where I felt like I had a little bit more control in there. I wasn't floating around so much and I had the edges to hold on to and I just felt a little bit more held in the bath and I was sleeping. So I'd have a contraction, I'd sleep. I'd have a contraction, I'd sleep. And then at some point I was sleeping for 20 minutes on the side of the bath. Now, as most people know, if you're nearing the end of your labor, your contractions or your rushes should be harder and faster and closer together. So what was happening to me was that it seemed like my contractions were petering out. Like they would just be one here and then 20 minutes later I'd have another one. But I was loving the rest so much that I didn't want to get out of the water. I was like, oh, my God, I'm finally getting sleep. This is amazing. But I could see everyone's face Mm. shifting into, like, curiosity, Mm -hmm. into worry. Because my baby now had been out of the water for such a long period of time that the risk of infection for him was so much greater that I finally was pulled out of the water and um, I was put on the toilet and I remember the pressure was absolutely insane it felt too intense I just felt like my whole butt was going to explode open and the baby was just going to plop out um and I didn't like being on there but the pressure was just so intense so my midwife she put her fingers up there to check me and she was like oh wow you are like nine and a half centimeters if I stretch you out I could stretch you to a 10 And I was like, I'm here, I did it, oh my gosh, I'm about to push. But then from that point on, I had zero Zero. contractions, which is so unheard of. You're finally there. 
you've gone through transition. I've had all these crazy feelings, but instead of it getting so intense where you have the transition where you feel out of body and you're just you've gone to shot to another planet and oh, now I'm ready to push. I didn't have any of that. It was like this slow kind of build and with the back labor, I, it never got to a point where it was so unbelievably intense that I couldn't manage it. So I was quite surprised to know that I was fully there. Um, however, it's my excitement was suddenly, um, it was sort of ripped away mm. from me because my midwife said, hey, so this is, there's a little bit of an issue and let me explain what this issue is. I think your baby is under some sort of stress. Um, something's happening to have stopped mm. your contractions. To be this far along, you should be having contractions and you need the strength to of push those the contractions baby out. to be yeah. able to push that baby out. And so what we tried fruitlessly, it was, it was um, we tried everything. We, we threw everything at the wall to see what stuck. Nothing did. What we did was she said, we will have to transfer mm. to the hospital and you will have to get Pitocin to help kickstart the contractions again, unless we think that there's a way that we can do it on our own. So the acupuncturist was called back. She came and right. did all those same pressure points. I'd get a little bit of a cramp, but nothing happened. We tried mm. nipple stimulation. <laughs> My midwife was like, do you have a breast pump? I was like, I don't, but I do have a ginormous vibrator. So I'll just grab that out and start yeah. vibrating my nipples. Um, <laughs> I'm glad Poet doesn't really know what one of those is. Anyway, back massager. We, Whenever they get found in our house, they're back massagers. So that's what they are. Yeah, exactly. No, that's so funny. Back massager. <laughs> that's perfect little neck massage pressure points <laughs> that's right a little pressure for the pressure points um anyway so got that out um i feel like she was mortified for some reason i felt really insecure about and the... vulnerable when mark's like here look what i found um i was just like embarrassed and i, I don't know it probably closed me up even more um i wasn't feeling like stimulated <laughs> You probably should have started using that on your uh, lady bits. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. I could never. I know. <laughs> oh, mortifying. Um, so then they had me in this. They put a puppy pee oh pad under me and everyone was holding my arms. And I was manually pushing without contractions. And my midwife had me manually push for oh. about an hour. And the acupuncturist stayed. And my my doula was there and Sarah and everyone was cheering me on but I just was I didn't have any contractions and I'm trying to push this baby out and nothing and then finally um Mark like so softly came up to me and he was like so babe um I think we're gonna call it the baby's been out of the water for a Aww. really long time um and then they took my yeah. um temperature I guess I guess my midwife came and took my temperature and I was starting to run hot, which then meant that if I have a fever, there's a chance that I've got an infection, the baby's got an infection. So then it all just started going to a place of yeah. we're transferring mm -hmm. to the hospital. This is what we're doing. It didn't feel, and I'm sure you probably felt this too, it didn't feel like an emergency. Everyone sort of just packed no. up quietly. We just got our stuff together. And I hopped in the car having just full conversations with my husband like, oh, I'm texting people. I'm, I'm on the way to the hospital. I'm fully dilated. Like, you know, I've had to do a home transfer. And 
And I could feel up there and feel his head. So I knew I was right there. And I could, I was like, he, I can feel his head. I'm driving in the car. I can feel his head. But with zero urge to do anything, my body had just basically just shut down. Like it wasn't. I will say, I'll interject here and just say that like, when you're at a home birth, a midwife is still monitoring the baby too. So they're like putting this wand against your belly, listening to baby's heartbeat. Like, so for anybody who doesn't know, you know, we're still hearing that the baby's heart is great, like perfect, you know, so we know everything's okay with the baby. Mm -hmm. It's just that potent like something else has stopped this and there's a reason for it and so the most the smartest thing to do is to go to the hospital at this moment yeah and you don't want to risk your baby your little newborn baby having an infection or the baby comes out at the home birth and then you have to transfer anyway because maybe the baby has a slight temperature so we all decided okay this is just a it's a yeah. better situation. We didn't realize I would have PROM, which is uh, pre-rupturing of the membranes. Um, so we just said, cool, I am pivoting. I am switching. I am in the moment. I'm being present. We are switching up our plans here. And I am embracing and welcoming this significant change to my birth plan. And I think that I'm so happy that I was so open because I didn't have any feelings of disappointment. I just was really keen to to finish this up, see my baby, have my baby in my arms. And I really didn't mind how that had to unfold. If it meant I went to the hospital and they said I had to have a cesarean section, I was okay with that. If I got there and they had to use forceps, if they had to use a vacuum, I would have been okay with that as long as my little baby was healthy. So meanwhile, we we get to the hospital. I'm walking. I'm talking. Uh, very different from most people in <laughs> in uh, the transition part of their labor. 10 centimeters. I'm waddling because I can feel the pressure down there. Uh, I get taken straight into a hospital suite. My backup doctor is um, such an advocate for natural birth and He's such an amazing doctor and sort of he's quite known in LA for um, allowing women to have their informed birth and to feel empowered in their choices during birth. He doesn't push mm-hmm. anything on anyone. So I got there and I'm getting dressed in the gown and I'm having, I have this little vulnerable moment in the bathroom with my husband as everyone's pulling up and arriving and I start to cry and I say to him like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't, I, I don't know if I can do this. Maybe I should just get the epidural. Maybe should I, should I just have a cesarean? And he looked me in the eyes and he was like, baby, you are doing this. You're in this. Mm. You're here. You're right here. He's so close. You have this. And I just felt like that little pep talk, that love. He just like radiated love in uh. that moment, supported me emotionally and mentally and just really his focus on me saying you've got this yeah you have this it helped give me that energy lift that I needed after having run on two day two full days without sleep um and so I got into that hospital bed and I was open to whatever was going to happen they gave me a few only a couple of drops of pitocin was all that was needed and then I felt the contractions come on 
and it was yeah. so exciting. It was not how I pictured. I was lying on my back. I didn't want to give birth on my back, but I was lying on my back. I had a nurse on one <laughs> leg. I had two nurses on another leg. Everyone was holding my legs back and they gave me a mirror so I could see the head. And um, uh, what I didn't know about pushing and maybe you guys don't know this either is that it's very normal for you to have a contraction and for you to push and I could see that his head would come down but then it would retract again in between contractions so I kept feeling like it was two steps forward one step back two steps forward one step back I could see the head come Mm -hmm. out and then back again and come out but then I was noticing that it was shifting it was slowly shifting forward until it was right there at the entrance and that's when my midwife, uh, she said, change your breathing. Now we're going into panting. So I started doing my <laughs> breath to really slow mm. that process down to help um, stop tearing. So really letting myself stretch and be open so that the head could slowly come out. Um, but then my doctor noticed that my son, and this is the reason why all of this happened, my son was in a very awkward position. So he was kind of off to the side with his head up. I didn't have chin to chest. He just was in a really Mm. awkward position. So my doctor had to go in and twist the head into the right position. And my son's ear caught the top of my vagina and it just ripped it right at the top and I felt it and I let out a scream like a little sharp scream and I saw it (laughs) you saw it it just went like and it just it was so fast it really was like that it was so fast and it just sort of and then he shot out right as that happened so he just Uh, came out as it all ripped open at the top there so it was an intense i didn't i didn't really feel the ring of fire because i was more focused on that sharp pain uh when when the doctor twisted him uh and he came out really quickly and my pushing stage was only 30 minutes and i cuz i i kept remembering like push like i'm doing a massive poo push like i'm doing a massive uh, poo so i was really pushing into that yeah. part of my body yeah. and it felt unlike what sarah was describing for me the pushing felt really productive Mm. after having this really stop start pattern to my labor once I was pushing it felt unbelievable yeah and it was 30 minutes it was quick he came out um I immediately forgot Mm -hmm. about the the pain um up near my urethra and put him on me and I just like fell in love I was obsessed I couldn't believe it um my favorite photo of me I look I've never seen myself look like this my two eyes were swollen (laughs) unbelievably so like my my actual eyeballs are like these little slits because I'm completely swollen and I had burst all the blood, like all the capillaries in my face. So I had all these like, like these little blood blisters all over my face and these completely purple eyes. They were purple (laughs) and swollen and puffy. I've never looked more exhausted. I've never felt more exhausted in my entire life. But I was 
blissfully in love with this tiny little bundle who started immediately, like, came, did the little crawl to the breast, Wait. came and started sucking Wait, on, my, so on my boob. On my boob. <laughs> poet, poet, I know. People are going to be lolling if they see this video. She's yes. like falling asleep here to my birth story. Oh my God. Oh, I darling. Can't. I was like, wait, her head's going to plop over. Oh my gosh. I, she's been here for this whole birth story, just like being a cute little sweetness in my arms oh here, my listening God. To, to birth. Oh my God. Listening to birth. Um, but yeah, so that was amazing having him. And he latched really beautifully mm. immediately. Um, but then I had to do the third stage oh. of labor, which is birthing the placenta. And this was not no. straightforward for me, unfortunately. Uh, my We waited an hour and I had, again, no contractions. <laughs> contractions just decided to go away again. Uh, peace out. So I was just in my little bliss bubble with my baby and I sort of forgot that I had to get this placenta out. So um, they were pushing on my tummy to try and get the placenta to come out. It wasn't coming out. And then they said, right, because it's not coming out on its own, they were, pull it, they were tugging on the cord and they were like, because it's not coming on its own, we're going to have to do a manual extraction. But isn't it because something else happened? No. That, that they had to do? Oh, your cervix didn't close? No, no, that was that was a later birth. Oh, I thought that was this. I thought that's what happened here. No, that happened in my third this birth with the one that's fallen asleep in my arms. Um, so I, I love that my birth story is so riveting that She's my daughter's been completely fallen asleep passed on me, out. But that's okay. <laughs> She's completely passed out. That's why she wanted to be with She's me. Tired. She was tired. Anyway, so yes, the doctor was like, "Hey, we're gonna have to do this manual extraction." Um, but you don't have an epidural. Oh. You haven't had one. And most people I do these on have had epidurals. So would you like to have one now? And I was like, what? Uh, now? That's, they're my choices. I either go to theater and have this extracted or I get an epidural now after the baby's out. Ugh. I was like, no, I can't. No, I don't. How long is this going to take? And he was like, well, I could try and get it done in a minute and a half. I've just got to put my hand up there and I'm going to rip it out. Um, and so at this point I was like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> okay, do it. Handed the baby over to Mark because I knew he was like, it's going to be very painful. It's like, okay. He went up there, <laughs> up oh. through my split vagina top, like past like the cuts and put, yanked on this cord and physically whipped it out. He did it so fast. I would say it was about almost 60 seconds of him going up there and I was screaming bloody Ugh. murder for about 60 seconds, like blackout Ugh. pain. It was only My 60 God. seconds. So it was, it was the most painful thing of the entire two-day journey wow. by far. That was, uh, that was really the like – the pinnacle of it all was was that manual extraction. However, that will not happen to you, don't worry. <laughs> but what is that um, called? It's called something. It, oh, retained placenta. Retained placenta, yes. Having okay. a retained. Retained placenta. Yeah, retained placenta. Um, and so, yeah, it was very, uh, I would say it was a little traumatic for me at the end there, having that pulled out. But I immediately forgot because I was handed my baby back and, by the way, when I gave birth, Sarah will remember this, there was a whole pediatrics team 
that came into the hospital because they were expecting the baby to have an infection because I had uh, quite a high fever. So they were all expecting the baby to have an infection. And luckily my pediatrician showed up as well, who's such a badass. And he checked the baby out and was like, the baby's fine. You don't need to take the baby away for any more tests. Cause they kept saying, Oh, we want to take them and take blood tests and do this and take the baby away from mama. And he was like, the baby's going to stay with the mum. The baby is going to be on her chest. You can do any checks that you need to do while she is, while <laughs> she, that was a he, um, while he is on, <laughs> on your chest and the baby's going to be fine. It's fine. Stop panicking. Any yeah. of this energy is not serving this mother. Please back off. And I really loved that he was so, he really advocated for me. And this is my pediatrician. He advocated for me as the birthing mother in that moment, not to take my baby away, to say, I've checked the baby. Baby's fine. You don't need to take baby away. Um, So that was, that was another um, thing worth mentioning because, you know, in Australia, we don't, it's sort of, it works differently. You don't have your pediatrician come in, you're in a hospital. It's just the pediatrician that's working at the hospital. But in America, you have your (laughs) assigned pediatrician or the person who you choose to be your pediatrician. And they're there at the end after you've given birth and they check the baby out. And so we were actually lucky enough to be sent home. Um, My, my doctor, uh, he had a lot of call at the hospital Usually I think the protocol is you're meant to stay yeah. 24 hours, 48 hours, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And uh, my doctor said, she's fine. And the pediatrician said, I'll bet this little baby's fine. They can go home. So we actually only stayed in the hospital for about six hours. And uh, we got to drive home with my beautiful uh, little bundle in tow. But then I had to pee in a bucket of warm water for two weeks because my <laughs> vagina was so sore. And because I split right yes. next to where you pee... Every time I peed, it was like the most insane sting uh, that you can possibly imagine. So I just had to pee and poo in a hot bucket of water that my mum <laughs> would clean out uh, every time. She would just change it all the time and make sure there was fresh water there for me. And Peeing like while spraying the warm water on your um, area feels actually yes. really good. I mean, I highly recommend it. Even if you didn't tear and you've just given birth, spring hot water on your uh, vagina as you're peeing feels unbelievably um, incredible. And also our baby's heads smelt like coconut oil, remember? That was the other thing both of us forgot to say. Is that like we both forgot that. Like our husbands were like lathering up our vaginas with coconut oil like just going nuts on it because we'd been told that helps prevent tearing so when Bodhi came out he just smelled like a baby coconut which yeah and and you know I've had three and all three the first two times we did that and the last time things kind of went sort of fast and 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 so the coconut oil didn't actually make it out of the bag um the baby's head smelled really different and I will say that I prefer <laughs> prefer the coconut. I prefer the coconut. <laughs> oh. So if you have a chance, maybe maybe get the coconut oil because uh, it's preferable to smell than whatever else comes out and whatever's living on your baby. Um, and just to like, um, I w- oh yeah, sorry. What were you gonna say? Oh no, I just wanted to say that like through the whole process, you know, you were really pumping me up a lot in uh, my first 
the birth story that I told. Um, but, you know, and I know that you had a lot of um, like some PTSD and some reservations about what you could or couldn't do. Um, I've never seen someone so determined and so game on and just trying to make all the things happen um, than you and your birth. And you were so beautiful, like everything good and positive and amazing that all these things that I love about you as a human being were radiating out of your body when you were like smiling and laughing all crazy in the shower or <laughs> or like squatting you know like tripping and tra- yeah you were tripping trying to like push your baby out before you even had contractions at your house like sleeping in the um in the bath and what's funny that like you know Teresa didn't even know this at the time but I was taking a lot of pictures but it was over the course of multiple days so I you know also if you know the ages of our children like I had a baby to go home and breastfeed so I would leave go breastfeed my baby and then come back and we live about 40 minutes apart from each other so I would like go back and forth and then you know pump some milk and like whatever it was and leave it with Eric and then come back to the birth um and then what's hysterical is that I left Wyatt in the morning, the morning that she was going to um, to the transfer to the hospital. I had an audition that I stopped off at, did the audition. Did you know this? Did I tell you this? No. Maybe you don't remember because this was a long time ago. I stopped off at the audition to do my audition and headed back to your house And I actually had another audition that I was just going to skip that day. And so then we were still there for a little bit longer. And then we were transitioning to the hospital. And I was like, pulled the um, midwife aside. And I was like, so what's this process like? Like, we go to the hospital. She transfers. Like, she has to get checked in and everything. How much time do you think we have? And she was like, oh, it's probably going to take, like, a little while just to get everything sorted. And I was like, cool. I stopped off at a second audition on my way back to the hospital Made it to the hospital, by the way, without her even knowing any of this had happened. So I did two auditions. No idea. <laughs> no yeah, it pi- idea. It was pilot I sti- season. Like, I, I totally told that. you this, but it's been it's been a while. Oh, yeah. It is a uh, lot. Long, long time. Worst memory. Remember? And then, um, and then once I got to the hospital room when she had the pitocin, uh, at this point, and contractions were just starting, but you had a fever, so I was like, oh my gosh, she has a fever, and I was like mm-hmm. worried about you. Um, but the Pitocin had only started to drip when I walked in. But the thing that I have to interject here is that, um, and I wanted to say this before, but I was like, I don't want to ruin the moment. Um, Mark or your midwife had eaten something that smelled horrendous. <laughs> like they were eating, like it was like, <laughs> it was like, oh, 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 I remember. It was like nuts that um, were covered in like a sour cream and onion or something. Like there was... They had eat, oh, no. They were eating something that they were both obsessed with. They were passing it back and forth, and they were just like bump, 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 housing these things. And I, I walked in, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me right now? This woman has a fever. <laughs> Pitocin is dripping through the thing." And I actually don't even know if it was Mark. It might have just been the midwife. And I was like, "And you are popping back sour cream and onion nuts." I'm like. The, the stinkiest, stinkiest thing. You, I, literally <laughs> the whole foul. room smelled like it. And I was like walking around going, okay, where are the essential oils? Like I need to like shift the smell in here because it was so <laughs> oh bad. And then uh, – because all I could smell was food. And I was like if I had a fever and I was in bed and I was like 
about to give birth to a baby. Like I know I you didn't, didn't even, even notice. notice. But I thought in my head like this is horrible. Thanks for looking out. <laughs> it was hysterical. Out. And then, 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 in all you know, you started getting contractions, and then everybody, everybody shifted, and then I. Yeah, Sally everything Brown was wrapping up again. It didn't matter. But when I first walked in, I was like, this woman has a fever and y'all are throwing back sour cream and onion nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Some disgustingly stinky How dare you? Food. How dare Who you? Who are you? But you're, you're amazing. You're amazing. Oh, well, I'm, I just think it's so special that we were both there yes. for the transition I know. into motherhood. What it's a cool, so special. What a it's cool so experience. Um. And for anyone listening as well who who was just like, what? <laughs> How could you have this strange labor where you, there's just no contractions and you're fully dilated? I now know that it was uh, because my baby was posterior, which is why I had such horrendous yes. back labor. And um, I wrote it in my birth story that you can, if you know you have a posterior baby, you can switch them around they can change positions and I did end up doing that with subsequent births my three oh not my three huh but that's for another day but two of my subsequent births I ended up having my baby's anterior even though they like to sit posterior because I went on spinning babies and I did all the many different exercises you can do to get your baby in a more optimal mm-hmm. birthing mm-hmm. position because if you have a posterior baby I wrote it down here. Uh, These are some of the things that you can experience. And I experienced all of these things, the amniotic sac breaking, which is uh, water breaks, membranes open, rupture of membranes. That can happen before labor. So that was my first sign. It was like, ding, Mm -hmm. that happened. So again, points to a posterior baby. The next thing is labor is longer and stronger and less rhythmic than expected tick that's another thing that happened to me start and stop labor pattern baby may not engage even during the pushing stage longer earlier labor and a longer active labor back labor pitocin may be used when labor stalls and sometimes the baby's head gets stuck (laughs) gets stuck turned halfway to anterior in the transverse diameter which is why my doctor twisted the baby in that last moment and then you are more likely to tear or have an abrasion. So there we go. I had tick, tick. I literally ticked every single one of those boxes. And But I will say in some ways it was really empowering because I had some answers. I knew why it didn't unfold the way I had read every other birth story unfolding. You start here and then they get faster and closer and stronger together and then you have the baby. So it was healing in some ways because I did carry a little bit of birth trauma because I just don't know what happened. And I think once I was pregnant with my second baby, I was so nervous that that's just the way my body births babies, um, that I was able to do a lot more research and dig into the reasons why it unfolded in the way it did. Um, But I will say it so beautifully set me up for parenting because it's about being in the pivot and being open to things changing and not always going to plan. And we always talk about embracing the imperfect nature of things. And that's exactly what I had to do with this birth story. And now it is my birth story that I'm so proud of. It is our journey. And um, I just felt really grateful to be able to share that oh, with you guys. It was so 
amazing to listen to. And I've heard it and read it a few times. And it's just, I love hearing and following along with the birth story because also something new always comes up, right? You always like learn something new or, or now like looking back, you know, this has been eight years since you um, had this experience, like looking back on it. Um, you've had so many other births, but also just experiences in life and what that set you up for um, that two day journey and bringing this baby into the world. Um, mm-hmm. It's just amazing. So thank you for sharing so openly about all oh, of that. Thanks, and um, thank you for having me at your birth because it was such a gift to be there. And I think bonded us for life, for life and life and life. It really did. Tear. Tear. Um, and if, if you <laughs> um, well, I know. I've got a sleepy child yeah, exactly. now. Exactly. We love you guys. <laughs> Thank you, Daisies, for listening. We would love to hear your birth stories. So um, if you want to send us, if, you, if there's anything that you want to send us, you can send it to us um, at yours and mama. But you, we've got an Instagram. That's like true. DM us at our Instagram that you set up. Thank you guys so much for listening. Go and follow the Mother Day so you don't miss a single episode available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Bye.